0: There's a steal inside. Roulette scores another corner. Connor
1: Roulette off the steal. Two nothing Canada. That's Connor Roulette scoring in the quarterfinals at this year's Under 18 World Junior Hockey Championship, and he was part of the gold medal winning team for Canada. He's our guest today on the Akamema Podcast. Danse tuow and welcome to the Akamema Podcast. I'm your host Terry Belgard, National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Akamemuk is a Plains Cree word for you all persevere, or in other words, let's keep going and don't give up. On this podcast, we discuss the leading issues facing First Nations peoples with top experts, with elders and community leaders, and our guest has proven to be a leader on the ice. And that'll do
0: it. The drought is over. Gold is coming back to Canada.
1: Connor Roulette was a key part of Canada's gold medal winning team at the under 18 World Hockey Championships early this May in Texas. He helped them win the championship in a tense five to three game against Team Russia. The 18 year old Roulette got five points in seven games at the tournament, earning him a lot of praise and the possibility that he could go in the first round of the next National Hockey League draft. Connor grew up in Winnipeg's North End and is a member of the Missipua-Stick Cree Nation in Treaty 5 territory, Manitoba. He plays left wing for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the Western Hockey League. Mr. Connor Roulette, great big welcome to our podcast today.
0: Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a true honor for sure, winning that gold medal and being a leader and, you know, just being an Indigenous person overall. It's an awesome feeling, and yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, you know, that gold medal... That was a great championship game watching it and uh, the Russians really made it close in the end uh, tell us about that moment when the final buzzer went and you knew you'd won the gold how did you feel
0: it, it was it was truly surreal it was it was an awesome feeling um you know going into that tournament just from the start um you know one thing you always want to do when you go into a tournament is win and win the gold medal and when you go against Russia and they come out flying it's it's a bit tough because you know you play a tournament where you know, you're, you're used to kind of winning. Canada has always been, a you know, a great team. And going in there, we were really confident in ourselves. And um, to win that final game and, um, you know, after the buzzer, it was, it was the best feeling I probably ever felt in my life. Um, you know, there are a few Winnipeg or Manitoba guys on that team. So just to kind of, you know, win with guys who you knew for a long time, that's super close to home and all the people I had support of me. was truly awesome and something that I'll remember for the rest of my life.
1: Was that win extra sweet there because of junior hockey I had a tough time during the pandemic? You know, there shortened seasons uh, with junior hockey and there's no playoffs going forward. So, was that a little extra sweet because of the challenges in the junior hockey system?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's so, that's so funny to say that because it's just, it does add so much, um, you know, so much, it makes it so much better because, uh, you know, when your season gets shut down last year, you don't even get to finish your whole season. And then you have all these rumors that, you know, your season might be starting up again. And um, it's kind of just all these ups and downs throughout the summer. And then, um, you know, I had a, I was, I was you know, lucky enough to play a few games, the MJHL, and that got shut down. So, you know, when you have, you, you know, when you're playing in one junior team and that gets shut down, you go to another junior team, that gets shut down. It's, you know, it was a bit tough. And, you know, it's, you know, once we were able to get our actual other season come down and, um, you know, there's all these, different circumstances that you're not used to playing and you have to wear masks while we play. We have to quarantine. We have to get tested every day. Like it's, there's just all these things that make it so difficult. And when you get to go play in this tournament and um, you know, it's such a different term it's such not n- nothing you're used to when you have to uh, you know, we had to quarantine while we were there. We had to quarantine before we got, before we got there, we had to quarantine while we were there. We had to do tests almost every day. And um, it just made, it was just, you know, at, at that point you're kind of used to it. So um, it was definitely something different, you know, to finally win and you know get there and be on that team. It was just so much better, you know. I have all these ups and downs, and then when you finally get that, you get to that highest point, that peak, and it's nothing, nothing other than happiness and you know positivity coming out of there. So it was awesome for sure.
1: No, you had a really great tournament. You you got five points in seven games, and uh, you really showed uh, your skills and you know your competitiveness, your grit, your determination hockey sense puck sense all the above and and so now with the nhl draft coming up here in july and and people are starting to say oh that Connor roulette you know he might go the first round that must kind of lift you up i'm excited for you going a first nations person young man going in the first round that that's awesome i feel excited for you but how do you feel about it did you you dream about this possibility of the national hockey league since you're a little kid
0: yeah, yeah, as a young kid well, as soon as you get into hockey you have all these idols and all these people you watch playing hockey that, you know, have gotten drafted and that are playing in the NHL and it's just as a young kid, my dream was always to always to play in the NHL and being that be in this kinda situation I am right now and um, you know, I've been dreaming of it since I was a kid and you know, to be considered a top prospect and you know, it's it's not quite where I get drafted, when I get drafted, but for me I'm just really excited just to see where I end up and Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of praise going towards that, the first round candidate, but, um, you know, I'm just really looking forward to see how that happens. And I'm obviously really excited, but, um, you know, I'm not trying to look, look too much in, you know, trying to focus on it too much because I just want to get better as a, as a hockey player. And, um, I want to go into that draft knowing that whatever team gets me, I want to, you know, make sure they made the right choice. And if it's first, second, third, or even I go undrafted, you know, I'm still going to work my hardest to. Um, you know, become a great player and, you know, show teams why choosing me would, uh, you know, is a, is a great choice. And uh, I'm really looking forward to how
1: that goes out. That's exciting times. You know, on this podcast, we've had a few um, former National Hockey League players, uh, First Nations, people like Reggie Leach. And then we also had Andrew Ference on and, and we discussed about how do we make hockey more accessible for First Nations people right across Canada at all levels, right? Um you know, right from uh Pee Wee, Bantam, like at all levels, tier one, tier two, all of that. But for the success kind of success you're having, what worked for you, what didn't work, and what do you think should be changed in order to give more support to young First Nations men and women rising up through the ranks?
0: Yeah, um, you know, for me, I've I've always had, you know, the opportunity and I'm really grateful for that. And Uh, whenever I wasn't able to play hockey on the ice or be at the rink, I was always finding different ways to, if it was picking up a stick during recess at school and finding a rock to play with, you know, just finding all these different things to do. And I think, you know, that comes from, you know, the great support through our old, like, you know, the older people, my parents and my brother, like people I was able to look up to and, you know, I couldn't have been where I am today if it wasn't for the help I've given, I've got. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for that. So, um, you know, if there's, uh, you know, people out there, I always ask for, you know, advice like how, how are you here or whatever i just say you know it's it's not it wasn't all me um it was the people that showed me the ways and you know or i gotta thank our elders and all these people that have helped me and supported me throughout the way so mm. um that that's you know that's from my end that's what i think would be the best thing to you know help these youth play sports
1: so having a really good support system you talked about the elders the coaches your parents your grandparents uh um, having the opportunity for First Nations kids just to, to at least participate, you know, going to the rink or out on, in some cases, there's no rinks in our communities. So the people mm-hmm. go to wherever they have access to those, uh, the infrastructure about rinks in, uh, in skating facilities. Um, the supports you talked about, you know, in the connections and role models. Um, I, I understand you have a connection with Ethan Bear, the Edmonton Oilers. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. So he, he played uh, spring hockey with my brother when they were probably just about younger than me. Um, I'm 18 right now. So actually way younger than me, they probably played with each other when they were 13, 14. And I was just a young kid, probably eight, eight or nine years old. And, um, you know, when, when you're a young kid like that, like I said, you have all these other people you want to watch and you want to idolize. And for me, my brother was one of them and, um, I'd be at every single hockey game they'd play. And Ethan Bear was on that team. And, um, you know, it was an all, it was an all indigenous player team. And, you know, there was, uh, there was a few times where I'd go to the tournament. I'd be in the, you know, the dressing room or on the bench, just trying to get meet all these players. And um, they were, they were to me, they were my superheroes because I was just a young kid watching all these older kids play. And um, Ethan Bear was one of those guys who was always, you know, one of the nicer ones and the ones that would come up to me and ask me how I was, just a young kid. Or he would, you know, he was one of, he was just always a great guy. And even just as a young kid, you watch all these NHL games, and um, you know. I, my favorite team growing up was the Pittsburgh Penguins and I really loved Sidney Crosby. And Mm -hmm. um, at that age, I kind of had an understanding of, you know, these, these players, this, this is why they're here. This is, you know, they're great players. And as a young kid, I seen on Ethan bear, like um, obviously I was, you know, really big into just the mini sticks and the hitting and the goal scoring, but I kind of had a sense as well as, you know, like this player is, it's not just how he is on the ice. He's, you know, he's just a great role model off the ice. And, um, you know, I grew up watching him and, um the more I got older the more I guess he was able to you know keep an eye out on me and uh, when it came to the WHL draft I was drafted to the Seattle Thunderbirds and you know he played there and he was able to reach out to me and ask me how me and my brother were doing and all that so he's just he's always had you know he just always had that side to him where you know he's not too big to you know it's because he's playing in the NHL he's not just gonna forget everyone you know this young kid that was mm-hmm. asking him to play mini sticks at the rink he he um you know he reached out and, congratulated me, and um, you know he's doing well for himself right now, and that's awesome. And
1: he's playing for uh, Edmonton Oilers, and yep. right now they're in the playoffs against Winnipeg Jets. Your hometown, Winnipeg. Who are you cheering for, Winnipeg or Edmonton? No, Ooh, I'm, just, I'm, not, uh,
0: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not quite sure because, uh, you know, obviously Winnipeg's uh, one of my favorite teams. Grew up watching them, but then uh, I got a lot of favorite players on Edmonton, so it's kind of both. Uh, I'm not quite sure I'm more focused on, I guess, the the gameplay other than who wins.
1: That's it. Yeah, no, we yeah. talked about Ethan Bear, and he's from the Ochapways First Nations, back where uh, my home area, I'm from Little Blackberries, from Ochap, and that's just uh, up the road about an hour and a half or so. So he's a great role model, and I also think of Zach Whitecloud, playing with Vegas Knights, mm-hmm. you know, from Sioux Valley, and then Carey Price for Montreal, Oshi Montour. There's uh, a number of our First Nations players there now, and uh, at some point, like you say, they're role models, the um, I'm really glad that you got a good support uh, piece and connection with uh, one that's already there because uh, mm-hmm. your draft's coming up. You're going to have a good yeah. connection there.
0: Yeah, um, funny story here. Because oh, Zach Whitecloud played with my brother as well. Um, there's a lot of players that my brother – as I uh, played with here that are doing well for themselves. But Zach Whitecloud played with my brother at the national Aboriginal hockey championships and kind of same thing. I was a younger kid. Um, you know, all these, all these idols uh, that I'm watching, I'm at the rink and um, Zach Whitecloud is obviously one of those guys. Like I said, he, you, you notice he's just a great guy. And um, me and my, br- me and my brother have shared contacts. And um, after me and my team won a tournament, um, we're all, you know, hanging out in the same hotel room or in this uh, par- like little party area here. And, it was just as soon as I think it was white, white cloud. He must've just signed with Vegas golden Knights. He signed his first NHL contract and I had his number, his contact in my phone. And so I, me my buddies FaceTimed it and he was, you know, he was sitting there, he opened it and he was kind of confused at first. But then once I kind of told him who it was, he's like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? But congratulated him on that. And, you know, ever since then he's been doing well for himself and, um, you know, he's he's making a name for himself in the NHL and everyone, you know, supporting him and he's doing really good.
1: When uh when you do get drafted and I'm sure I'm crossing my fingers and toes for you as well, you may get a call from a young First Nations person as well to say congratulate Connor. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, you never know. What goes around always comes around. So yeah. Yeah, the the mentors and the and the support systems and the role models and uh that's amazing growing up and uh it's just so exciting to see more and more First Nations people um playing hockey and participating at a very elite level because it's not always hard. You know, one of the first, uh, uh, first nations people in the national hockey league was Fritz Sasakamus from the Ataka Coupe mm-hmm. first nations. He played with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, back in the fifties. And it was hard, you know, coming through the residential school systems and, he, uh, he was a real, a strong leader. I've always said, you don't have to be elected to be a leader. And, mm-hmm. uh, you guys are leaders for all of our people. And, uh, when we talked earlier on, um, the, the motivation uh, and and uh, and how people need drive and dedication, determination and perseverance and persistence, but purpose. And I, me- I remember this uh, when we talked on the phone uh, a week or so back. I mentioned this gentleman who's passed on now, but his name is Chadwick Bozeman. And his quote, I'm going to read these quotes to you. And I want you to talk about how this is, uh, it affects and it applies to you.
0: Mm-hmm. This is from
1: Chadwick Bozeman, And uh, he said, When I dared to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, with no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me, the path to my destiny. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Mm-hmm. Powerful quote. And then we applied it to, to your your leadership at that level at the NHL. What do you think about this, this quote that I just read out from Bozeman?
0: Yeah, um, you know, being an Indigenous hockey player, you're faced with so much different adversity and all these racism things. And, um, you know, you can look at, I think that fits really well with you know any any indigenous hockey player that's played in the NHL or um, you know I can I can say that same for me um, that's that fits so well with me because you know being an indigenous hockey player I'm always you know faced with all these different adversities and all these questions like you know how are how are you playing for Team Canada you know I, I didn't think Nate, indigenous players were this good or how are you in the WHL you know there's all these questions that. You know, just gave me that motivation to show why I'm here and show why Indigenous hockey players deserve to be where they are. And, um, you know, I personally think that there should be so much more because of the passion and the love for the game that we have and that we all share as a community, as Indigenous people. And, um, you know, I think, you know, for me just growing up, that's it's always been the same. Um, I've always wanted to prove why Indigenous hockey players deserve to be Praised as great hockey players because of all the the hard work and the passion that we put in, and then it just kind of shows as well. Like you know, some some communities aren't uh, you know they they don't have these these uh, I guess opportunities to go out there and play because you know they're they're left without arenas or they're left without you know the, these these tools I guess you could say to you know create themselves as hockey players. But it's just the love for the game that they all have and we all share. Mm-hmm. It shows that. You know, anyone can be in this situation and we just got to be granted that that opportunity. And I'm really grateful for that. And that's why I think, uh, you know, the people that have that opportunity try their best as much as they can to be role models for the youth, because we want to show that, you know, there's a reason why we've made it here. And that's because of, you know, the indigenous hockey and the love for it. We all share.
1: Yeah. No, I just want to acknowledge you and uh, for your perseverance, your persistence and your drive, dedication to achieve who you are as, as Connor roulette and uh, all that you've done. And you're going to, you're just 18. You're just starting and you're going to have lots to do for, for yourself, for your family, your first nation and all of our people. Now I want to switch tracks here and say, okay, we you know, you're a hockey player and, um, uh, what are your other interests? Do you have anything else to say? Oh, I like this kind of music or like whatever, like mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about that uh, other aspects to Connor roulette.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can go on. I can go on for a long time about all my other interests. Uh, you know, I've just growing up as a young kid, my grandma grew up on a, an island up north on Lake Winnipeg. And, um, you know, I probably, spent count, I probably spent as much time there as I did at the hockey rink. Um, it's just, I grew up, you know, just loving going out there. It's called Matheson Island. And um, we'd be on the boat tubing, water skiing, fishing. Or we'd be on land quadding. And um, I, I really love to just kind of be out there, be out there on the lake. And um, that's kind of just... You know it kind of just shows the type of person i am i'm you know an outdoors you know fisherman type guy and I just love doing that since I was a young kid, and um, you know, there's so much, so much things that come with that. I love, mm-hmm. uh, I love country music. Country music's probably my favorite thing, favorite thing I've ever probably listened to. If, if you know, if it's working out, if it's before a game, if it's sleeping, if it's anything, it's got to be country music for me. I just, I just love everything about it. There's so much different songs that fit with anything, and um, but I think uh, outside of hockey, uh, you know, I really got big into golf the last few years. I think golfing's probably one of my favorite sports outside of hockey. It's, I think it's pretty pretty obvious and cliched for a hockey player to love golf but um, you know it's i think it's just a, such a fun sport me and my friends really got into it the last few summers uh remember the story my first time everyone golfing me and my grandpa my grandpa took me and my two friends hayden and logan out to uh a golf course just up north here and i think uh, it was probably the worst worst golf hole we've ever played it was our first ever hole we weren't sure how to hit or anything and i think we had like oh man it's probably past oh, I can't even say it. it's too embarrassing, but we shot, it was probably like 15 shots on a part four or something like that. It was, it was pretty brutal, but you know, just young kids learning how to golf. It was probably the funnest thing and thing we remember for a long time. Cause that's what, what we shot there was, uh, you know, just kind of showed, uh, how much just, you know, we wanted to keep playing and we could have given up, but no, we kept playing and now we've been golfing a lot for the past few years. So, um, yeah, golf, fishing and just outdoor and country music. It's just, uh, it's all me. And, um I just kind of love being uh you know outside of hockey I love just being myself and having spending time with friends and um, I mean I'm never seen without friends or anyone around me because I just think uh I'm more of a social guy I love I love being with friends and Mm -hmm. hanging out with my family and kind of being around uh I'm not too much of a you know stay-at-home type guy but you know obviously right now it's it's unfortunate we have to but um, you know, once the restrictions hold up and, you know, all these things kind of go away and everything gets back to normal, I'll definitely be spending a lot more time outside and with a lot of friends.
1: No, that's awesome. So country and western music, fishing out on the land, quadding, tubing, um, time with friends and relatives. And you're right. Once we get through this COVID-19 and get back, everybody get vaccinated, uh, things will hopefully get back to quote, quote, normal. Mm-hmm. Um but you're also very, very diplomatic, and uh, you wouldn't choose between Edmonton and Winnipeg. So that's really interesting. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's a yeah. good thing because playoffs are, are are amongst us now. So we're going to be watching a lot of uh, good hockey. Uh, again, uh, you're a leader uh, for all of our people across Canada. Uh, we lift you all up. And one of the f- the final questions I always ask uh, our guests on the Akamanga Podcast is is one of hope. What gives, you know, like there's so much things going on in the world, so much things going on in Canada, you know, the racism, discrimination, and so many of our people in jail, all these things. Um, But I always ask about hope because you always try to leave more hope in a room than when you walked in it. And to our listeners, we're always trying to leave people with hope. What gives Conor that hope?
0: Yeah, you know, for me personally, I've always been, you know, a positive guy. I've always kind of looked to uh, find the positives out of things. Um, you know, if I look at, you know, my hockey career, uh, a big loss, we lose a tournament, we lose, uh, you know, I think for four or five years straight, my AA, my A1 teams have always lost in the finals. We lost to the same team like four or five years in a row. And, um, you know, it's, it's every year where we come back and, you know, it's that positive find. we out of, you know, we made it this far um, why are we going to, why are we going to sit here and cry that we lost, you know, how bad we could have, you know, how, how much better we could have been. But I've always been like, you know what, no, we made it this far. Um, you know, I look at where I am right now. Um, you know, how far I've made it just from being a young kid and having all these, these dreams and these hopes. And, you know, I always also look at just the support I've had, have had growing up. You know, I can just talk all day about support I've had with my, my, um, my older brother, my parents, my grandparents, and, uh, you know, they're just really great people that helped me so far. And I think for me, that, that gives me a lot of hope. Um, there's so much things that come with that. Um, you know they're they're always cheering me on they're always they always got their smiles on whenever i do something good and they've always got their smiles on if something ever bad happens they're just always you know they're always lifting me up and they're always you know pushing me forward and um, for me that's that's you know that's the best hope anyone i think could ask for is when you have that support and you have all that that positive energy coming from such happy people and you know that's for me that's the biggest thing um Know, the, the love and the support I get from my family and friends just keeps pushing me going, keeps me going. And uh, that that gives me so much hope.
1: Well, Mr. Connor Roulette, best of luck in the upcoming National Hockey League draft. And thank you so much for coming on our Akamemik podcast today.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: And I want to thank all the people for listening to the Akamemik podcast. If you enjoyed it, Please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Give us a rating and tell your friends about us on social media. And as always, we want to give a big shout out to the Red Dog Singers of the Treaty 4 Territory in southern Saskatchewan for providing our theme music. Until next time, I'm Perry Bellegarde, National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations.